Welcome to this episode of Law Girl. I'm Jasmine Dea coming to you from my personal injury law firm, JD & Co., located in the heart of Midtown Toronto at Young & St. Clair. Joining me is Ravi Singh, founder and team leader at Connexus Group, Remax Hallmark Realty. Ravi, I'm so excited to have you here. Jasmine, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. Ravi, my intention of inviting you over was to discuss personal injury in the context of real estate. But before I delve into that topic, I want to know a little bit about you. When did you become a real estate agent? I became a real estate agent in 2006. It's been a tremendously uh, rewarding occupation where I've been able to help a lot of people and, and grow as a person and a professional over the past 13 years. What prompted you to follow this career path? I'd say I've always had a knack for sales. Um, it's something that I believe in. It's something that I value. Um, I'm a voracious networker and I love to connect people. Um, my passion for real estate has grown over the years because it's a rewarding opportunity to help. I believe that giving starts the receiving process and we've helped a lot of people with their own personal story, whether it be creating wealth for their family, whether it be finding a home where they can dwell and create life. Um, it's something very personal and it's something very uh, close to someone. So to have the capacity to help people with shelter and with their home, um, you know, it's, just, it's a tremendously special thing. And Ravi, you work with a, an incredible team, many of whom I have met. I think maybe all of them. Yeah, you've definitely met all of them. And how many people are on that team? So we have three full-time real estate agents, Justin Chang, who is a very, very, very talented realtor, Ashley Barnes, who's equally talented. We've got one full-time admin, Alicia Wren, who um, basically handles everything for us. And we have a full-time stager who is also, uh, in some respects, my boss, uh, my wife, Angela, who, whom you've met as well. I have. I love her. Yeah. She's a sweetheart. She's very sweet. Um, in order to become an agent, it's my understanding that you have to complete a course. Can you tell us about what that course entailed? Yeah, so to become an agent, there's first three, um, they're called phase courses, and they've changed it over the years since, but those are the first three courses that you do, um, where you learn about agency principal relationships, you learn about the elements of contract law, you learn about general real estate practices and construction, you learn a real surface education. After that, you're in two-year articling, where you actually can operate as a sales representative. During that time, you take um, your electives, which include commercial real estate. Um, generally speaking, people take principles of real estate law at that time, as well as perhaps one other elective. So there's, there's um, I would say that the real estate industry, how it's run in Ontario, um, the barrier to entry in terms of education could potentially be higher, um, but you do get a good surface of, of theory, and then it's up to you to learn on the job. Let's hone in on the legal aspect of the course. So do they teach you at all about injuries that could occur on a property or building code violations, anything like that? I would say that they do. I would say that they probably don't do enough. So what I mean by that is um, you know, the average newly uh, licensed real estate agent probably needs, in addition, more experience um, as well as perhaps more knowledge of things like personal injury. Um, but there is at least a good surface and a good foundation to grow upon. Do you represent buyers and sellers? All the time. At any given time, we're representing um, a good group of buyers and sellers. 
So from a seller's perspective, take me through what you generally do when you are going to list a house. Do you first do a walkthrough of the house? Yeah, so we have a very, very, very um, strong methodology centered around something called the Connexus Advantage. Um, And part of that, of course, is a walkthrough. Um, We do take the time to examine some of the construction elements of the home um, and will identify certain things that could pose a risk. I know that personal injury and safety, um, you know, is is something that needs to be addressed uh, when you're looking to sell a home. And um, in the walkthrough, that's probably the first time we do that, but that's an ongoing ongoing process. Um, When we do that walkthrough and take a look at the property, uh, what we start with is from a safety and, and personal injury uh, perspective, you know, the fundamentals, right? Um, what are the eaves troughs and downspouts and water look like? What are the electrical and heating and cooling look like? Um, all the different elements and mechanical uh, aspects of construction in a home. If you identify potential hazards that could cause injury, do you tell your sellers to remedy these issues or how do you address that with them? Yeah, so Jazz, it's really interesting. Um, I'd argue that Toronto is a, a pretty, pretty interesting real estate market from a perspective of months of inventory and demand. We have a hyper sellers market and there is such excessive demand that really and truly sellers need to address from a market perspective what it means from value and marketability and demand um, what personal injury risks are involved in the house. So for example, just a quick story, I've had sellers who I've mentioned to them, look, you've got old wiring. And if you have old wiring, there's an insurance challenge. In addition to an insurance challenge, there's a fire risk. In addition, it could diminish demand for the property. Their response was, will we still be able to sell? (laughs) My response then was 100%. Is that the knob and tube situation? Yeah, I encountered that. So you hear about knob and tube, and knob and tube is pretty much almost completely gone from most of the city, but it's still around, right? Um, another interesting one, and this is, you're probably going to see this, and you may have already seen them, many of these already, um, homes around, especially condos around 15, 18, 20 years, we're dealing with this thing called Kitech plumbing. I know about it. There's a class action in the U.S. because is, their pipes are bursting, right? Yeah, so um, whoever Kitech is or the manufacturer, they created this joint, this elbow joint in plumbing that actually uh, if water runs through, it can corrode. So, I mean, that's not very smart, right? So you have all these major, major, major uh, condo developers who used this Kitech brand of plumbing to only find out that it could become a major, major disaster if not addressed. And so something like that with the, with the pipes and the plumbing that need to be uh, redone, who's responsible for paying for that? Again, it's a function of the market. So the most recent Kitech um, issue that we dealt with uh, was at a property at Beecroft, which is Young and Shepherd, and uh, the seller agreed to remedy prior to the buyer closing. Um, it came up in the status certificate, which is a document that talks about the condo. It came up that there was evidence of Kitech um, plumbing in the property. The cost was $4,000, and the seller said, you know what? They're giving me a record high sale price. I'd rather close and, and than not, right? So I suppose, um, again, it's a function of supply, demand, price. But uh, generally speaking, one party or the other will uh, negotiate that in. And what is your understanding about what a seller has to disclose? Right. 
So <laughs> this is this is an interesting one. Disclosure. Well, so, caveat emptor, right? Yes, right. So buyer beware. That's one of the one of the very common statements, right? Caveat emptor. But we, as licensed real estate agents, we have fiduciary duties to um, our client, um, but we also have fiduciary duties to our um, uh, our buyer client. So if we're representing the seller, we have some duties towards the buyer buyer as well. Um, Disclosure probably is one of the one of the one of the challenges for uh, realtors because realtors, as you know, are compensated upon a successful sale, whereas lawyers, for example, are compensated based on their hour and their per diem and their retainer. So you know, very often we're accused as an industry of um, ranking our own incentives sometimes ahead of what should be done. I like to think that myself and my team we try to take the high road. Um, my my belief is uh, if you know something that is a material fact that affects the valuation of the property, it's your duty to disclose. If the seller wants you not to, um, you need to have a proper conversation with them. And maybe put in writing that you advise them. Oh, 100%, right? Yeah. I'm pretty fortunate. We run a boutique book of clients and we tend to really attract people who want a stellar service and also don't want to necessarily operate in that gray area so we're pretty pretty fortunate this far but uh, there's always one right so let's switch gears a little bit and talk about building code violations and in particular let me give you an example i represented an individual who lived in a basement apartment of a home now she was renting and what happened one day it was a wintry day and she was going down the stairs it was the evening uh, she slipped as a result of icy conditions on the stairs and there was no railing right. so she had nothing to help her there was no way of saving herself from this fall so she goes down uh, on top of that there was no light there was a light at the bottom in the landing but it wasn't working Right. Uh, so my client sustained a fracture to her leg. She required surgery. And then because of this fracture and cast and crutches, she could not actually live in the basement apartment while she was recovering. So she had to live elsewhere and incur additional mm. expenses. So all of this formed as part of a claim that we advanced on her behalf against the landlord. The landlord was aware of this situation, but chose not to address it. Is this a situation that you've encountered before where you feel that in more of a, a rental situation right. that landlords are maybe aware of what needs to be done but opt not to do it? More often than not, you will see this as a problem. Um, it's a plague of our industry that, uh, you know, just by function, the landlord's requirement is to optimize cash flow and profitability. So we have landlords that are phenomenal. There are many landlords who really uphold building code, really maintain their properties in great condition. But we have a plethora of landlords who are merely looking to, um, you know, run run the numbers. Um, I've seen personally properties that uh, you know, in a perfect world, should have hundreds of thousands of dollars spent to bring them up to a good good level. Unfortunately, that's not always the case. The common ones that we're seeing, um, water becomes a big issue, especially in Toronto where water becomes ice. 
Um, another one is grading slopes and um, stairs and such. Um, in addition to stairs, the actual railings connected to the stairs. Um, I mean, these things are, are, I'm sure you see all the time, slip and fall uh, uh, candidates um, very easily, right? So I think what we're seeing more of is probably an effort to make more landlords responsible, um, but you're always going to have that, that sub-segment of the landlord pool that is just looking at the numbers. That's unfortunate, but I guess it makes sense from a business perspective. And I mean, luckily there are you know people like your firm who who can really address this and and you know find the people who have fallen victim to this and hopefully you know bring it whole right. Very and, true. And I mean, there's there's a purpose for that certainly. When you are representing a buyer, it's a little bit different because you have the benefit of a home inspection. Yeah. So the home inspection is really, in many respects, the the gatekeeper for uh, everything related to the mechanicals of the home, the maintenance and repair required, as well as health and safety. Um, Generally speaking, most homes that we purchase, unless we're dealing with multiple offers or a major, major, major bidding war, Uh, will have a chance for a home inspection. And there are great firms out there that do very good home inspection work. Um, You know, we like Carson and Dunlop. We like Amerispec. We like, um, you know, Housemaster. Some of these companies, they'll go in and they'll give you a thorough, thorough, thorough report. Um, That report will look at the nine mechanicals of the home. Um, Things like uh, heating, cooling, electrical, plumbing, uh, foundation, structure, framing, downspouts, eaves troughs, roof, windows, um, insulation, they'll look at all of those things. Um, A good home inspector will be able to identify things that even a realtor may not. And I'd argue that, you know, I personally, I've probably been on at least at least 400 home inspections. I've seen a lot. Um, Where we get into some of the tricky stuff is, I'd say again, a function of the market. So when I say that, you know, sometimes, and this is a strange conundrum, but I think it's a peculiar sort of interesting uh, uh, nook and cranny in, in, our, in our market, there, there will be homes that are hazardous, that are unsafe. And what that presents is it will turn away, let's say 30% of the buyers that will be interested in a home in that area. So what does that mean? That means that there's a price opportunity, right? So if you have a price opportunity, you're gonna have people that unfortunately are monetizing the health and safety risk there, right? So, I mean, is that good or bad? I'd argue that it's good from a numerical perspective and bad from a safety perspective, right? So I'll just tell you um, a quirky one that we're working on. I've got a, a home that I'm prepping where this seller is actually um, the the next of kin of a woman who was a hoarder. And it's gotten to the point where there's mold. Um, there is definitely a lot of um, uh, germs in the air. Um, there is uh, incredible, incredible water damage to this home. There is slip and fall. Slip and fall is the bare minimum that anybody <laughs> would have to worry about here, right? So I've already got a lineup of buyers. And that's in Toronto. That's in Toronto right? Because they see that as 100,000 below market value in a neighborhood where otherwise they would not be able to to perhaps purchase. But in that situation, more likely than not, can we assume that 
people are going to demolish the current structure? I think this is more a patch job and someone's going to make this their home, but, uh, you know, um, it's going to cost a lot of money, right? Whether they're demolishing or they're, they're repairing, either way, you know, the net net cost is probably less than a turnkey property in the area because there's sweat equity involved, but uh, it will need a lot after. It'll need a lot of aftercare. What about in a case of uh, foreclosure or a short sale? Um, you've told me before about sometimes where homes will have showing instructions. Right, right, right. Tell me about that. So generally speaking, we don't see too many foreclosures in Toronto because they go more power of sale. But um, in that case, the you know the the creditor will move power of sale, and they'll have an agent who will give you the most random showing instructions, like. Uh, um, walk with a flashlight, water and um, lighting has been turned off and uh, steps to the basement have been removed. You'll see <laughs> things like that. Or my favorite one was um, upon entry, um, take a very large step over massive hole at front door. Right? So imagine that. I guess the person who unfortunately lost their home was like, you know what? Anybody coming in my home <laughs> is going to take a fall. And they actually dug dug out the floor right in front of the front door so if you didn't know well you fall right into that hole. right so think about that from an insurance perspective right so what do you do in that situation i mean have you observed any injuries if when you've gone to show a property or anyone on your team sustained any injuries so knock on wood so far to date no one's suffered any injuries. Hopefully, I'm not jinxing that at all. Uh, hopefully, we're, you know, we'll keep that, keep that street <laughs> My going. My desk is wood. You can right? just touch wood. So, I mean, luckily, we haven't had any um, injuries, um, but we know who to call if there's any, any problem. There you go. Uh, talk to me about home insurance. You brought up yeah. into home insurance. So, I mean, home insur- insurance, I think, is a necessity. Uh, but again, this is the personal injury perspective mindset. Uh, tell me about your mindset. I couldn't agree more. I think home insurance is one of those things where, like any insurance, is something that is a protective measure. Uh, most good lawyers that work on the real estate closings will want to see an insurance binder before you take possession. And I mean, to me, the other sort of common, common issue with home insurance is a lot of people don't know what their policy actually covers. Right, so they'll get a minimal policy, and next thing you know, they have water damage but no seepage, or they'll have, you know, something that protects against flood but doesn't protect against, you know, melting uh, water coming in through the side of the house. So things like that do come up. Um, I mean, I'm sure you would know all kinds of case law where there have been interesting sort of um, challenges based around the policy. I think, you know, having someone who can advise and tell you, look. With regards to insurance, you need to be covered in your home for this, 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 and this, and this. Um, it's, it, it probably falls as an, a mere, at a starting point, an introduction from the realtor perspective, and then from there passed on to a good advisor who can hopefully guide them in the right direction. I couldn't agree more. I think, unfortunately, a lot of us, you know, when we go buy a new house, anyone is focused on the house and everything that... Uh, needs to be done with this house and moving into the house and the excitement and yes. all the money gets poured into that and unfortunately I think a lot of us just put insurance aside side. until you need it and then you figure out you're not covered for certain things. Uh, believe me I'd be more interested in the walk-in closet and the really cool man cave and the home office and the home theater than you know whether the railings are really screwed in well and you know I think that's where 
as a as a as a professional group, um, whether it's the lawyer, the advisor, the realtor, the the mortgage advisor, the insurance advisor, we need to step in and make sure that we're raising the bar. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Thanks so much, Ravi. Thank you for your insight on real estate from a personal injury perspective. My pleasure, Jasmine. Thank you for having us. Thank you.